going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Next Big Thing podcast. I'm Brendan. I'm alongside Connor. And today we're joined by a very exciting guest all the way from Australia, 14 hours away. Uh, Anthony Kwok is the CEO and co-founder of Zilio, which is a platform that helps you find the perfect size when you shop online. A bigger problem. I think that affects just about everybody that's watching this show. Um, he is a very decorated entrepreneur. He, uh, his accolades include uh, the B&T 30 Under 30 uh, Entrepreneur Winner, a winner of that award, and um, a few other awards as well. So uh, with that being said, Anthony, welcome uh, welcome on the podcast. Thank you, Brennan. Thank you, Connor, man. Uh, it's, really, it's really a pleasure to yeah, be here and join you guys. Awesome. Yeah, no, we're excited to have you. So um, I was looking at your website. So according to your company, online shopping returns encompass a $1 trillion problem. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, why is now the perfect time for Zillio to enter that market? Well, online shopping is bigger than it has ever been, especially over, over uh, lockdown of COVID, right? E-commerce um, as an industry has grown a decade into the future in just a few years, right? It just blew up. But even before COVID, it was already blowing up. Like you can see shopping centers, like five years before COVID, you can see shopping centers getting quieter and quieter every year just because of online shopping. So it's big, it's big industry. But the, like, the only thing, the way I see it, the only thing or the one thing that's holding back the entire industry is the fact that people don't know how things fit. I mean, look around half your mates, right? Most people don't shop online just because of this reason. Or if they do shop online, they're returning by the bucket load and they're hating their lives. And with that, like everybody's copying it. The shoppers are hating their lives doing it. The businesses are bleeding through the profit lines heavily. Environmental, most returns don't go back in the shelves. They get burnt or they end up, end up in landfill or you know, the, um, the freight delivery emissions. It's just such an unnecessary problem that has no solution to it. So now is the perfect time, especially with the technology coming up with AI and everything, allowing us to really create a solution that works and solve something. Um, I think this is the perfect time. It's like, yeah, everyone, everyone's been waiting for something like this. So the people are ready, the tech's ready, space industry is ready. ready. Yeah. Anthony, can you explain the business model a little bit more? I get your B2B, as in you get deals and partnerships with these brands, but then you have the consumers create a unique avatar so that the, they can see the clothes fit on them. So can you explain the business model and then the vision you have for the future going forward? Yeah, it's kind of like a B2B to see. Um, it's totally free for shoppers to use, to create an avatar and to you know, use it to find the fit when they shop online. Basically, we make our revenue through brands paying us. So our thinking, well, look, with this sizing problem, 30% of everything bought online is returned. So it's like an average rate of 30% return rate. Conversion rate or sales is like only on an average 3%. And most people don't end up buying online because they're not sure about the size. So what we do is that we go to brands and be like, hey, listen, you guys have, let's just say, a million dollars worth of returns a year. We can drop that by 50 or 60%. I'm just throwing out numbers there. Yeah. 
We can drop that by 60%. That's saving you $600,000 a year. And on top of that, we can increase your conversion rate by X amount. So by like giving these guys the value, like giving these businesses this kind of commercial value, we'd be able to you know, price our business model off, that, off the back of that. Now, the specific pricing around this, we're still kind of testing, working out with our initial pilot brands with um, you know, getting some data and, and knowing exactly how much value we can provide these brands and how much we can charge off the back of that. But that's basically what it looks like. So for, for, for users, for shoppers, it's totally free. But for brands, um, it'll be a kind of partnership there. And what do you think the, the rough estimate of conversion boost brands get when they use Zillow? Have you gotten enough data to be able to analyze and figure out and say, look, it used to be 3%, but we can bump it up to 6 7%, which is a lot, especially for these e-commerce businesses. Yeah, I mean, that's that's double their, their entire revenue, right? Um, we only launched with our first brand a few weeks ago. Um, and like we've been spending a few years trying to build the tech because it's just super, super, I guess, complicated. But we figured it out. We launched uh, a few weeks ago, and we've, we haven't gone to the stage of being able to say exactly, okay, we know that Zillio can increase conversions by X amount and reduce returns by X amount, but we have seen engagement go through like almost double on this on the 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 styles of products that Zillio's features live in compared to the other ones that aren't. The drop off rates on those sites have gone like just gone down. The bounce rate's gone down. So. The site engagement has has boosted up, but um, we over these past few weeks we we haven't been in many styles of that store of our initial store. So we're rolling it out right now. We've finished the system that can help us roll it out really quickly, and then we're going to be rolling it out across a few more other initial pilot brands. Once we cover the store, we'll be able to get that traffic, and I guess the um, a good amount of data to show us uh, and give us some like a good idea on, on how to price things and go about it. So with a complicated idea and an awesome idea, I may add, um, comes with some significant uh, difficulties in getting there. And uh, what a lot of people might not know about your business is that at the beginning, it was pretty tough. It wasn't always just this pretty business on the outside. Uh, can you talk about how when you almost went bankrupt and how that kind of led you to be the company you are today? Which time? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Many times. I'm talking more specifically about when you were hiring the tech engineer and investors pulled out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that actually happened more than once. So wow. that actually happened again recently. It's it's so choppy and changey. Um, the the kind of business we're in, the kind of space we're in, right? So. People will give you a big promise. A few people will give you a big promise, and then something happens because the market's gone down. All their investments have, you know, gone to crap, and then all the money gets pulled under you, and then you're in survival mode. But, um, you know, in the beginning, it, it felt like the whole, like the weight of the world was on your chest, kind of thing. It's hard to breathe, and you still have to be calm enough to put that aside and think clearly to find a way out of this because if you don't find a way, it's not like your boss is going to find a way or your manager, you can throw it to another co-worker. It's, it's just, it's going to be gone. Like the, the, you're the last kind of defense, right? So at the start, it was, I, I 
I really felt that pressure, but I also used that negativity to fuel me. So it was kind of like a an unhealthy way of uh, of of motivating yourself. It's kind of like you're driving a sports car using nitrous, right? Like a little bit sometimes is good, but like if you're just fucking holding it on for for, for the entire drive, like you're gonna burn something. Um, so that was really tough. But look, as I've come through the business, like as I've been doing this for a few years, um, you just you plan for the worst, and you just hope for the best. But even if the worst happens, you're like, yeah, fuck it. After a while, you're like, fuck it. You know what? Like, like, like you were expecting this anyways, and um, it's nothing was really a surprise. You know, you're, you're not really lying to yourself, but you, it's you're also very, very hopeful. And excited about the other side if it does happen. So it's a very big balancing act. So yeah, that's we almost went bankrupt. We've always we are we're always almost bankrupt depending <laughs> on <laughs> um, how much money we have in the bank. But now, especially nowadays, especially this year and last year, a lot of our friends and family have been putting funds in and believing in us. Before that, we had to beg people for like, please just give us X amounts so we can live three weeks longer or, or, or not be bankrupt within four weeks and give us an extra month to figure things out. Now it's a little bit okay. It's a bit better. Yeah. So, do you think that mindset and that persistence came from being a professional Muay Thai fighter? Like, Have you always had that? Or was that over your career of being a professional Muay Thai fighter and having to have that discipline and that perseverance? Because the, the fighter's journey is up and down, just like the entrepreneurial journey. So did that help prepare you for the entrepreneurial journey with that mindset of keep going even when it gets tough, just keep going and keep chugging on? Yeah, I think um, like when people feel like they want to quit, a lot of people, like obviously if you're at that point of like actually wanting to or feel, having that voice or, or feeling like you want to quit or give up because it's you're in so much discomfort, pain or whatever it is, um, most people might just crumble and just stop and start making excuses but i feel like with kickboxing especially even in training when you're like nah i'm done and then you get slapped across the head and then you can do like three times more you just realize what you actually made of you don't you never actually end up quitting when you feel like giving up and you just keep pushing through so i think yeah i like it's maybe i don't see discomfort or pain or fear like other people i obviously still feel it but it doesn't i don't put too much meaning behind it it's just noise to me because i know i've got to get this done and this needs to be done no matter what that's just it i think that yeah that's definitely from kickboxing um but yeah yeah i'd say so yeah and then i also kickboxing taught me that taught me how to lose really well as well um lost so many times in kickboxing especially at the start um Beef, I feel like, yeah, being able to lose and lose really well and, and turning into a win. Kind of like Conor McGregor, right? He gets, like, what, choked out and he still, like, turns into a win because he's so boss-like about it. It's, so it's the same that. mindset of knowing that the loss isn't permanent, it's temporary, and that you're going to use it as a learning curve to get better for the next battle, the next fight, the next opportunity. Yes. It's more like... It's kind of like the meaning you put behind it. So what if 
I had to lose this time to find this kind of this lesson in order to actually achieve everything that I wanted? What if this was like the one thing that I can take away that no one else can take away? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's something to be excited about. Like fucking, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, yeah, see things a little differently. Uh, so, so it's it's realizing that a, a loss isn't a loss. It's It's the lesson. You take the lesson, but because you had that loss, it can put you on a journey to get the, to get to the pinnacle of success because you learned that one lesson in that one little episode where it's a quote unquote loss. Yeah. I mean, it could be a lesson. It could be like character building or anything like the way I see it. And this is the same with kickboxing. You know, that quote, make goals so big and scary that you're not actually able to achieve them until you grow into a person that is able to achieve them. It's kind of like that. Maybe I'm not able right now. Maybe I'm not at that level, right? But but every time I lose, so every time I kind of get, you know, you know, face hardship, I'll, I'll level up. I'll take things out of it. I'll get stronger. I'll get more calloused mentally. And it'll just, I'll just one day I'll get there. And these are just like these little intricate little building blocks that will that will form me. Like that will help get me there. Whatever it is, lesson or just whatever it is yeah not doesn't have to be just one lesson but like i'm taking it into the next thing but experience whatever it is so you seem to be a pretty principled guy which is tends to be a very constant uh character character trait across entrepreneurs um how would you say you tried to instill your principles into zilio and um grow the company from there I think by having really honest conversations, by um, by being real with the team, I think when in, I think yeah, being able to communicate and being able to be authentic and real with your team is really important, especially if you want to instill these principles in, without coming across as it's my way or the highway kind of thing. Um, you know, sitting them down, be like, "Hey, listen, I, I think we got to really look at this because it's not. I feel like we can do better, and the reasons why. You know, the reasons why I think all of us is going to benefit from actually doing this because yada yada yada. It's not. So yeah, I, I think my principles are. Like, I'm a very logical guy, and there's a reason behind why I do do a lot of things. Um, and yeah, I found that instilling it into Zilio, people just need to understand why. And in the end of the day, it's not just for me. It's it's the thing that will help everybody get to where we need to go. So it's kind of like a win-win for everybody. So that's how I instill it, instill it. Just by yeah, those honest conversations, being upfront, real, and not having not being afraid of having those really uncomfortable talks as well. Can you give, can you tell us about the uh, partnerships Zilio has right now? Uh, with the brands. Yep. Yeah, so at the moment we've got nine fashion brands signed as uh, signed with the letter of intent, um, and then we're actually live in one brand called Denim Smith. So Denim Smith's a Melbourne-based, Australian-based um, denim jean specialist brand, and they've like they've also got a factory that they produce or manufacture everything, or like every one of their styles in-house in right here in Melbourne as well. Um, so yeah, they were actually a pretty decent mid-sized fashion label that's like 
uh, as a, as the first brand to launch into. It's pretty it's a pretty cool achievement. And then we've also got some other brands that are similar size lined up over the next few weeks. But I don't know if I'll be able to drop name drop. Oh, uh, you can't tell us yet. I, I can't tell you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But um, we're look, we're just we're focusing on jeans right now, just because the system we've got. It's kind of like a garment library so we can kind of create the library of like different styles at the moment we've just invested into jeans but we can always like just flip into shorts t-shirts and start rolling it out after um after we build a good foundation with jeans and do it well we didn't want to spread our focus across all the different garments and do everything kind of blase we wanted to like do one thing really really well and then just move on to the, the next thing and move slow but do it yeah well so this seems like something that brands would be head and shoulders excited about um mm. just because you feel you know you feel like even if it didn't work it would teach them something about their brand and uh, it yeah. seems like something that would help them you know it's it's probably going to work because this is such a huge yeah. problem but what is the kind of pushback you're getting from brands right now or the brands that you may be, you know, having trouble um, getting them to sign on? What are their questions and uh, how are you addressing um, them? It really it depends on the size of the brand. The bigger the brand, you're not really like if, if it's a, a big brand, you're not really most of the time talking with the owner of the brand. They're most likely not the only decision maker. You need to like kind of go through all those ranks. Um, so there's two types of things. With the smaller guys, we actually haven't had that much pushback uh, with, with the smaller guys. Like everyone's signing on. It, like there's no solution. It's, it's a big problem. There's no solution in the market. It's not that hard to you know, find synergy with brands, with what we're doing. Bigger ones, different story. You obviously need proof and evidence that like, like it all sounds really good, but you just need to have statistics. Okay. Out of 5,000 users, we have seen the return rate drop. We have seen the yada yada go up. This is the amount of people who actually go in and use Zilio, like yada yada, how, how easy is it to use, how many people drop off. Like you need the full picture backed up by data with that. So, so that's just really it, to be honest. I think um, another thing is potentially because we do body scanning, another thing could be that the onboarding process might be um, like might be a little like there might be a little friction around that. It might be a bit too hard to for people to body scan. People might drop off or not use it. So so there's that. But the way we see it, our solution is one of the only solutions that provides so much information and detail in three D around how guns will fit on your body using a 3D avatar. It's very personalized to each style, to each size. So like you'll be able to see how wide the pant leg is compared to your own legs or how long it is compared to your body proportions, right? You can't get there anywhere, get that anywhere else. So the way we send, we've done a billion tests as well, as, as well or a billion interviews. People would rather do that than have to walk all the way to the post office and send something back like 20 times, you know, a month or something. So, 100%. so yeah. 100%. No, I, I could see myself using it. Um, can you kind of, we probably, 
I don't think we've touched this yet, but can you go into how the body scan works and how it works for each uh, consumer and how what that process was like? Definitely, yeah. So, um, so the way Zilio works as as a solution is that it plugs into the online stores of fashion labels. So let's just say you're shopping at Ralph Lauren, for example, right? You go onto the product page of Ralph Lauren and near the size, like select all the, the add, to buy, uh, add to cart button, there'll be a try it on button powered by Zillio or virtual try and button powered by Zillio. And when you click that, within that page, so within the online store, there'll be a little pop-out, a little slider, a little widget that comes out on the side. And from there, you enter some of your details if you want to sign up and create a new account. When you're creating a new account, we'll give you a QR code on the screen to scan with your, uh, with your smartphone. Once you've scanned that, your phone will kick open the camera within your browser. So within Safari, Google Chrome, whatever it is. So you don't need to download an app. And then you just basically put your phone two, two meters in front of you with your, your camera facing you, like your, your, your screen facing you. We'll give you a silhouette. We'll give you some instructions that but basically few meters in front of you put it on like a chair or a ledge like a meter or something off the ground just so your entire body can fit into the silhouette we're going to take two photos so one front and then one side after that you press you press send you press confirm you're happy with the photos it will send it off to our ai systems our systems will basically extract all of your measurements 360 degrees and once that's done so it's all automated. No one's actually behind there just looking at your images and trying to like do step by steps. It's all automated. Once that's done, we'll delete your images, but we'll keep your data set of measurements. And then with your data set, we'll create a 3D avatar exactly in your body shape and body size. And then and then you'll be able to, and then basically you put your phone away, you go back to your, your computer screen and you'll be able to see your avatar. The whole process would take about like 30, 30 seconds, 60 seconds of like, well, maybe depending on how long you take to take, you know, take a photo, but like the, the loading, like once your photos are sent, like 30, 60 seconds at the moment, and we'll give you like a progress status so, as well. So it's power, you use AI to get the data to set the metrics so that you can have the data and figure out, because brands, they always run different with the clothes so they can figure out, oh, this person might be a medium for this brand, but this person's gonna be a large for this brand. Now, will, will the individual avatar kind of follow along to the different brand websites? And will it always well, remember why, Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's kind of like an online passport. So you can, once you have an account, you can just log into your That's account. That's awesome. And yeah, see the different types of fits because every time we partner with these different brands, they give us the like they give us the garment measurements, or we we can get the garment measurements specifically for each different style, for each different size. So it's very individualized, and you'll be able to see the difference with everything. Now, how has that process been trying to figure out how to get AI to do its part of Zilio when it comes to gathering the data, making sure it's accurate, and how has the industry currently impacted? your business model and your vision for the future. Look, it hasn't really impacted anything because we've seen this coming a mile away and we've actually, that's been a, that's been a game plan for years uh, for, for our long-term plan. So 
Um, I mean, who knows what, what's going to happen with AI in like the next year or two or five years, right? Like, I don't actually know. But um, yeah, AI, look, AI for us has been around for a very long time. It's just become mainstream in the media. But it's nothing new. It's, it's computer. It's literally deep machine learning. It's like all our competitors know about it. Like it's not the secret. Um, everything uses AI. It's just become mainstream now. So it hasn't really impacted anything, to be honest. You don't even think it's crowded the environment around you just because it seems like everyone wants to create a new AI company? Do you think that that's going to help or hurt you or do you, you just don't think it's going to have any impact? It definitely, I like to say it's not going to have any impact is, is probably just... You know, pretty, a pretty, pretty overconfident way of saying it or looking at it. Um, but yeah, I look. Everyone wants to do AI. It's just, it's a, it's such a small part of our business. In solving the sizing problem, people have done AI really well before. If they can, with that alone, can solve the trillion dollar, you know, sizing sizing problem, then it would have been done already. But like. It's, it's not just one area of our solution. It's not just AI or it's not just kind of like the 3D mapping that is going to, yeah, make the biggest difference when, when attacking this problem. So, look, I think that it's going to make our jobs a lot easier. It's going to help us scale a lot better because we're not going to have to pay potentially 80000 for a salary or hundred grand for a salary when we can just yeah, get AI to do it and streamline everything and automate everything. So I think it's actually going to make our lives a lot easier. In terms of competition, um, we'll be fine. Bring it on. So one of your earlier interviews, you said you went with the B2B business model first because you wanted to have a, you wanted to be able to invest more money in technology. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how has that gone? And when you say invest in technology, are you talking about investing in kind of like the camera system to get the measurements? What specifically is the technology aspect of Zilio? Um, there's so many. So yeah, the camera, the cat, there's not like not necessarily the camera system, um, but it's all, I guess, like the 3d, the physics around like creating, creating a Garmin, Garmin 3d, um, there's getting literally yeah the camera the camera to work within iPhones because when we started this didn't exist. Um, creating an avatar, how can we create a, a like a accurate avatar using measurements? Like it's it, it's a totally different system. There's like on the avatar there might be like on your arm five hundred or five thousand vertices that make up your arm little like dots right. Each of them have like x y coordinates. The amount of like hectic physics and maths and geometry and um, and calculus and stuff that goes into just one small area is insane. So I think, um, yeah, that, and that's just like a small part of, of, uh, of the tech. And we also have to build the tech that works with fashion brands because the fashion industry I know this is kind of like blowing over it kind of bit, but like this, the fashion industry is also very, very old school. They basically design clothes on like cave walls. So being able to build a system that can 
digitize all their work in a really scalable manner. Also takes a lot of R&D as well. And basically, when we first start, set out to do this, and basically even I can almost be confident to say most of our technology now doesn't really exist. It didn't, definitely didn't exist. That's why there was no virtual fitting rooms around. So, and we didn't have like a billion dollars. So most of it was literally trial and error. It was literally like trying to build a car in a garage that wasn't made to build cars. With, with yes, yeah. so we had like a vague idea on how we, we needed the solution to be to actually solve the problem. And then we just have to find different technology pathways to link it up. That's what was, yeah, the most expensive about it. It wasn't just, we're going to build a website, it's going to take X amount of hours, a straight road. It was just like a fail, try, fail, try kind of thing. You were trying to build something before it was even a thing. And it was just trying yeah. to basically invent and create that. Now, with the clothing and apparel and fashion industry kind of still being old school with the technology, has that posed some sort of constraint as to your growth opportunities and getting it into more brands? No, no. So this is actually something we've been building our entire business around. So we're not building for the future. We're kind of building something that can roll out really, really well and work really, really well with the how how the industry is like how the industry is right now um once the industry kind of progresses and turns more digital or the 3d world kind of upgrades and and the tech there becomes even better then our system is actually designed to be able to easily upgrade and adapt that and flip everything and just move with the waves so um no not at all i think um the biggest thing for us is that we just need to add more garment styles into our garment library so we can digitize those garments really quickly. But apart from that, we're good to go. So you have this company that's obviously starting to get some headwinds. They're still in the beginning stages. Um, but I guess sometimes you've got to sit down and look towards the future and say, what do I want this company to look like 10, 15 years from now? What do I want its legacy to be? Um, what does that look like for you? I want Zilio. Oh, I can see Zilio being a forefront kind of brand in the fashion industry, the fashion retail industry. The way I see it, the digital world and the fashion world is just gonna, they're both gonna blow, especially the digital world. It's really gonna integrate into DNA into the fashion retail space, right? Everything's gonna be really, really digital. I feel like the only thing holding back the potential of online shopping and development with the tech is that, like, it's just this sizing problem. It's just like that most people don't shop online. People who do shop online turn tons and don't really, you know, hate their lives doing it. Companies are burning through so much cash, so much cash, just dealing with returns, right? That, like, if, imagine if this problem didn't exist. Imagine how much resources, imagine how big online shopping would be. Like online shopping is already super big right now. Imagine the digital capability potential of what it could be if something like this wasn't holding it back, wasn't just, yeah. So if Zilio can be the one to solve this problem, I feel like online shopping would be blown up and we'd be at the forefront of that wave as well. Um, what that could look like, I see Zilio being like a professional stylist for for people in the long run. So let's just say you go into um, Levi's right now, you go into the store of Levi's. 
let's say you're a kind of like a, a bigger person, not that tall, but kind of just you're you're solid, right? You're a solid guy, you go in there and then you ask them for a skinny jeans. What a professional stylist would tell you would be like, hey, listen, just get this slim jeans because that will just give you that skinny look and skinny tapered look without without blowing out your proportions. Things you will never really know without actually having a professional stylist or having a professional salesperson who is an expert in that product or industry, like that space, um, guide you. But we want to do that because the amount of data we'll have, we'll be able to give such personalized experiences and, and guidance when people shop online that we can be that hub of, of like that fashion capital of guiding people to certain brands that might not know, certain styles, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever that looks like, like it would just, yeah. We we just want to be that platform, that 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 place where people go to for digital fashion. Well, it's a very, it's an incredible vision. You seem like an incredibly principled founder, somebody that it takes. It's easy to believe in, and um, it's been great talking to you. Um, what we do at the end of every interview is uh, we give you the floor, two minute elevator pitch. Um, you know, you're just met a guy you think you know might be a good investor you want to pitch your company here's the floor two minutes uh what do you got hi hi i'm anthony and i'm the ceo and co-founder of zilio zilio is a virtual fitting room solution that helps people find their perfect fitting sizes when they shop online for clothes and this problem is close to home for most people because nobody knows how anything will fit when they shop online for clothes and in fact this problem is so big that globally, this is a trillion dollar problem, right? I mean, let's look at returns. Around 30% of everything bought online is returned. And most returns happen because of sizing. And on top of that, most returns don't go back on the shelves. For the most part, they either get burnt or they end up in landfill because it's just too expensive for businesses to process after a certain point. And this is the real cost of all those free returns. And it's all because of one simple little problem of people not knowing how things fit when they shop online for clothes. So here's what Zillia was doing about it. We've developed a virtual fitting room solution that integrates directly into the online stores of fashion labels for shoppers to use. With Zillia, you'll be able to see exactly how clothes would fit on your body in every single size. And here's how it works. Let's say you're shopping online at a shopping at an online store of one of our partner brands. You know the add to bag button on the product page. Next to the add to bag button, there'll be a try it on button powered by Zillio. And if you don't already have an account, you can scan your body with your smartphone and we'll create a 3D avatar of you on the spot. Then with your avatar, you'll be able to see how garments will fit on your body in every single size. And we do this with garment measurements, heat maps, and garment outlines. And you can also translate all these fit measurements and see if they're too loose, too tight, or just the right fit based on the designer's own recommendations. And that's it. That was great. Awesome. Yeah, that was okay. awesome. That was awesome. That was um, Anthony, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Uh, 14 time yeah. zones away. Uh, yeah, 14 yeah. hours away. Um, but no, thank you for your time. We're rooting for you. 
Um, and we, uh, we're looking forward to the next time we, we're shopping online seeing Try It On With Zillia.